Okay, uh, open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be reading our theme verse, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Uh, we're going to be uh, reading that in a, in a minute. Uh, super excited about uh, church today. Uh, just excited about our classes we had before church. Just uh, We're trying something new to have a kind of Bible classes, apologetics class in particular, at 9 a.m. and then church at 10. And so far, I think I like it, um, but we'll see how, how it goes. Um, if you missed the class and want to wanna catch up, uh, both of those are, are recorded, right? Thanks to Corey. Recorded and put on Facebook maybe or somewhere, I don't know, website, podcast. I'm sure if you look hard enough, you'll find it because he who seeks shall find. Amen? Um, but uh, excited about that, excited about this sermon. I've been looking forward to this sermon for quite a while because we are kicking off our Knowing God sermon series, and uh, super excited about that. I know Grayson kind of kicked us off. Uh, last week, we have kind of a two-part introduction, and then next week, we're diving into the book of Genesis. We are going to be walking through the whole Old Testament all year long and talking about knowing God. Amen? Knowing God. So super excited about that. We have uh, much of the year planned out already uh, between Grayson and Eli and myself uh, preaching. Eli's going to be preaching next Sunday, uh, diving into Genesis chapter 1, uh, etc. So that's exciting. If you want to read ahead, you know where to read. In the beginning. Okay. Um, so the reason we're doing this is because uh, we want to know God. We want to know who God is. We want to know God in His character, in His attributes, as He began to reveal Himself to His people and to the world in the Old Testament. As we study through the Old Testament, we're going to keep pointing to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all that was written about uh, in the Old Testament, and then talking about how it applies to our lives in the New Covenant in the church today. Today, uh, we're going to talk about what it actually means to know God, why it's important, and how to increase in our knowledge of God. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're introducing this series to talking about what does it really mean to know God, uh, why is this important, and how to increase in our knowledge and depth of understanding God. Amen? Okay, so number one, what does it mean to know God. Before we get to that, let's read here in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord. Amen. This is, whenever you hear the Bible say, thus says the Lord, time to perk up. Okay? So thus says the Lord. This isn't Joel's idea for a message today. This isn't, this is God's message through his word to his people properly interpreted, amen, for, to be applied to us today. Okay? Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. 
Let him who boasts. You know, uh, um, Jackson and I went on a uh, little ski father-son bonding trip last weekend. And uh, um, as I shared about our trip, I found myself wanting to just sneak into the conversation, black diamond runs. You know what I'm saying? If you're a skier, you know, you know what black, those are the toughest ones. Now, in, in, at, at this place, they had black diamond, then they had double black diamond, and then they had uh, two black diamonds with like expert explorer type that were even harder than the double black diamonds ones. And you know, we wanted to stay away from, you can tell a lot by, a, by its name. Some of those devils like Devil's Gulch, you know, or other certain names that I can't say. Uh, uh, anyways, we stayed away from those. But I, there was a part of me that just wanted to be like, yeah, pretty good skier. Yeah, went down to Black Diamond. And it's just so interesting. I was like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. You know, you're 46 years old. Why are you trying to prove what kind of skier you are? You can barely make it down any of them, bro. Okay? Oh, my knee. Oh, I'm so tired, you know. Um, but there's a, there's a tendency in us to, to boast. And what we find ourselves boasting about is what we can put our security in. It says, not let the wise man boast in his wisdom, the rich man boast in his riches, etc. All of us have a tendency to boast. What God wants his people to do is, I'm not going to boast in your riches or your wisdom or your church building or your this and that or the other. If you're a business owner, I don't want you to boast in how your business is going. If you're a student, I don't really, I don't want you to boast. They just kind of sneak on in your GPA, etc. I want my people to boast in me that I am the Lord, who I am in my attributes. What do we boast in? What is our identity in, in the Chippewa Valley Church? I want us to know God. I want us to boast in who He is, amen, and honor Him and glorify Him and be filled with that and reflect that to the world. What does it mean? What does it really mean to know God? Well, first of all, we have to understand what it doesn't mean, okay? Matthew 7, verse 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I don't know about you, but this is one of the most chilling verses in Scripture. Because I, being kind of a religious type, I guess you call, I, I, I like to do, you know, these things, these activities of God. But just doing these activities does not know, does not mean that we know God. Okay? So what does it mean to not know God? Knowing about God does not mean that we know God. Okay? I got a little, here we go, job, Josh. Uh, a little PowerPoint for us today. Knowing about God does not mean that we know God. Knowing about godliness does not mean that we know God. Even practicing godliness does not mean that we know God. 
or knowing how to appear godly does not mean that we know God. In all, all of us who grew up in church our whole lives, we get a lot of experience this, with this, right? We know how to appear good on the outside, good on a Sunday morning, amen, that's right, preach it, bro, etc., uh, etc. Et we know how to appear godly, and we get actually rather good at that. That doesn't mean in and of itself that we know God. What does it mean then? What does it mean? Well, the word know here uh, used in the Greek language is gnosko, gnosko, okay? And the word that's used to know in the Hebrew is yada, yada, okay? What both of these words mean in the Old Testament and the New Testament is refers to, it's, it's not an easy word to define, but it certainly does, it doesn't mean uh, knowledge about, okay? It's much deeper than that. Basically, it refers to a process, a process of learning to know, coming to know, to know by experience, or to become known. It's a process of discovery. It's a process of uh, opening up and revealing and an experiencing process. So we can, we can relate this to knowing one another. I, I can know about Tyler Kirkhoff. Do I know? Hey, I know Tyler Kirkhoff. Yeah, he wears that blue and plaid shirt. He sits in this section for a while. His wife's name's Ellie. She's pregnant, uh, et cetera. He's got red hair. He, he's uh, into computers. He solves a lot of problems that really frustrate a lot of people. Um, he's, I know he's a Mac guy. Um, amen, right? Okay. So I can know. So do I know Tyler? According to these definitions, that's not just what I know about Tyler, some things, some, but to really know him means that he starts to open up his inner, inner self. And I seek, hey, how's it going? What's, what's happening? I seek to understand. So there's a coming together at a heart level. Does that make sense? This is what the word know is referring to in knowing God, okay? It's a becoming one with God. So I checked in on Tyler and Sadie. It's in Milwaukee, right? They, 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 the two became one a couple weeks ago, December 22nd, right? So it was a miracle. It's a mystery, the Bible says. And they entered a lifelong process of becoming one, though. They didn't just instantly have this oneness. It's years and years. And we've been married 24, 23 years this year. And just now, it's like, wow, we have, when we look back to where we were, right? And there's the process of becoming one. Um, knowing God is a process of becoming one with God. God becoming one with us. And because we collectively become one with God, we become literally one with one another. Okay, that's all the one another scriptures in the New Testament about loving one another, belonging to one another. We become one as a people of God. And 
as we become one with one another, Christ in us, us in Christ, the Spirit in us, us in one another, we begin to overflow and be filled and reflect and reveal and shine this oneness of God in one another to the world. What does it mean to know God? I want to talk about Philip's, the Apostle Philip's example for a second, okay? Um, Jesus is at the, at the end of his ministry in John chapter 14, and Philip, uh, he, Jesus is talking about, if you know me, you know my father, and then Philip throws out this seemingly good comment, suggestion, question, and uh, uh, wouldn't it be interesting to be a, a, a disciple of Jesus right there? It's like anything you say is going to go down in the scriptures and for thousands of years. People will be, you know, doubting Thomas. Poor Thomas, right? Dude was followed Jesus faithfully, you know. Uh, said, I'll die for him. And then all we know of him is doubting Thomas, you know, or Peter and all his mistakes. But Philip here, he made a mistake. I just love that Jesus chooses people who make mistakes. Amen. But Philip's just, Philip makes this comment, Jesus, show us the Father. Just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. He's kind of like, you know, we don't need a whole lot. We're disciples. Just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Maybe a little boast, boasting. And then um, Jesus responds this way. Have I been so, John 14, 9, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? There's people, no one's closer to Jesus than the, the chosen 12, the apostles. And they walked with him and they talked with him and do ministry with him. And Jesus is transferring his heart. He's making disciples. They're becoming more and more like him. And then Philip throws this out and Jesus is like, seriously, dude? Seriously, we've been together so long. You don't even know me. Whoa, convicting, right? Um, and then he goes on to explain, listen, the Father's in me. I am in the Father. And in verse 20 and 21, he, he summarizes this difference between knowing about and knowing. He says, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father. So know mean gnosko, come, become one with. That I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, amen, is the one who loves me. So loving God isn't just about having these emotional religious feelings about God. Loving God is knowing him, being one with him, knowing his commandments and keeping them, doing them. Okay? He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Did you catch that? I will reveal myself, I will make myself known. So you have this incredible, and sometimes on my retreats when I can really try to think uh, 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 in a deep layer, I think about what does it mean that, that I am in Christ? I'm in Him. But then it's like, wait a second, He is in me. And the Spirit of God, right, is in me. And the Spirit of God is in Jesus. And the Father's in Jesus. And Jesus is in the Father, and so there's this incredible, like, layers of circles, right? And God is in the middle, and then the Spirit, and then, then Jesus, and then Joel, and then Jesus, and then the Spirit, and then the Father, and I just feel so safe and warm. <laughs> Amen? Because I'm not alone. 
I'm not alone. And we can be that way. We belong to one another. Isn't that cool? And so Jesus is explaining to Philip, Philip, there's a big difference between knowing about me. We've been together two years and you don't know me yet. You know, some of us, we've been disciples a long time, and I wonder if Jesus would, ask, would say, seriously, you've been reading the Bible for years. You've been going to church for years, and yet you haven't a clue. You don't know me. In you, me in you, you and me, us being one. And so it's a process. It's a process, amen? Okay, so that is what knowing God means. Why is knowing God important? Grayson last week said knowing God is the most important thing in our lives. The most important thing. What's important to you this week? A lot of things, you got a lot going on. A lot of things are important to you. Family's important. Job's important, right? Heat, heater, heater working successfully, important, right? If your, if your furnace was busted today, what would be on your priority list? Getting that thing fixed, right? Irv Smith, okay? I don't know why, it's just, just free advertising. <laughs> That's important. But nothing is more important in any of our lives, Christian or not, than knowing God. Knowing God. Why? So I can say that and I can pound on it and I can lower my voice and emphasize it. Why? Why is that important? Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, we're going to look at what, what Jesus says is important in the Old Covenant we see is important in the New Covenant. John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you. He's praying to God. He's praying to the Father. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It's not many words, but super important. This is eternal life. This is life of the age to come. This is life that's truly life right here. This is life that doesn't run out. This is life that isn't based on circumstances going well in around your life. This is life of heaven. This is life of the age to come breaking in now. Um, this is life that's truly life. John 10, 10 says, I've come to give them life and life to the full. It's hard to describe this life, but it's a life of joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and love, the fruits of it come out. But it's life that's truly life, knowing God, knowing the Father, and knowing Jesus. That's life. Life is not getting A's, making lots of money, finding a date, um, your sports team winning. Believe me, I know. Okay? About the sports team thing. Okay? Just clarify. This is life, John 17, 3. I want us to take an example from the Old Covenant, which we're going to study, but Pharaoh versus Moses. This is why knowing God is important. Pharaoh, and when God was revealing himself as Yahweh, breaking in, rescuing his people out of Egypt, saying, I am the Lord. This is who I am. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to draw you out of Egypt, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to take you into the promised land, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. Okay? In the beginning of this process, Moses, God finally gets Moses on board, barely. <laughs> uh, and uh, Moses goes and says to Pharaoh, let, you know, let my people go. In Exodus 5, verse 2, Pharaoh replies this, Who is Yahweh? Who is the Lord 
that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. So in other words, no, no, no. Moses, you're wrong. I'm God. I am Pharaoh. Who is this other God? I have all the power. I have all the control. I have all the money. I have all the resources. I don't know your Lord, Yahweh. I don't care who you're, Yahweh, who, uh, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go. In other words, Pharaoh's saying, he ain't the boss of me. To modernize it a little bit. I do not, listen now, I do not know the Lord. I do not know. I'm not one with this. I'm not yada, the Lord. And besides, I will not let Israel go. Okay? Pharaoh had an opportunity to seek, to listen, and to obey God, but he chose not to, and it led to destruction and death for himself, his family, and his people. Moses, on the other hand, Exodus 33, verse 11, in his knowing of Yahweh, over time progressing, um, says, Thus the Lord, Yahweh, used to speak to Moses face to face. How cool is that? To speak to God face to face. Just as a man speaks to his friend. Yahweh, a little later on, Yahweh said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Again, the word know is far deeper than just, I, I know about you. Yeah, you're, you're Moses. No, I've become one with you. You've, you're becoming one with me. We speak to one another openly, honestly, as a friend speaks face to face. And you see Moses' uh, relationship with, with Yahweh is, is tumultuous at times. He's super honest with, with God. And God is honest in return. And Moses says, I want to see you. We're in the, I want to see you. Can I just see you? See, he's seeking after God. He's opening his heart to God, and God opens his heart to him. He's like, well, you can't see my face, or else you would just be wiped out, but I'll show you my back. So he gets in the cave, and he covers the cave, and he sees his, his back. Whoa. Moses saw it. God. He spoke to God. He listened to God. God revealed himself to Moses. He obeyed God the best he could. He wasn't perfect. And this became, this led to a deep intimacy. It led to life. It led to freedom for Moses and for God's people. Amen? This is why it's important, because we are headed one of these two directions. Either we're becoming hardened toward God in seeking Him, in understanding, and knowing Him, or we're becoming softened in deciding to seek God, to look for God, to talk to God, to think about God, and become one with God. One leads to death, and the other leads to life. You choose. We must choose today. And lastly, why is it important? We see this, Paul saying to the young church in Colossae, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, he prays this, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, 
bearing fruit in every good work and in increasing in the knowledge of God. Gnosko, the knowing His will, knowing God. Both of these uh, uh, terms used uh, by Paul in his prayer for the church in Colossae. Um, it's interesting that sometimes this word know is used of, of uh, a marriage and a, and a husband and a wife uh, having marital relations, okay? Um, and the fruit that comes from that. And Paul is saying to the church, he's saying, when you know God and you know His will and you're one with it and you walk in it and you revere it, there's fruit that comes out of that. Amen? And that's the fruits of the Spirit, okay? Um, so we don't, as a, as a disciple, we read Galatians 5 about um, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy. So it's so say, okay, I'm going to be more joyful. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be patient. Patient. Okay. Uh, so those are, while, while good and discipline is involved, it really comes when it's authentic, it really comes from a, a union with God inside of us. Okay, does that make sense? We're one with God. We're becoming more one with God. And so the fruit is flowing out of us. Not a outward conformity to a right principle. Does that make sense? Do you see the difference? It's not easy to explain. I hope I'm... Think about it. Spirit will reveal. Okay. Um, okay, so what does this result in? This becoming, this deepening in our knowledge of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. It results in increasing, number one, thoughts of God. Thoughts of God. A high view of God. Thinking about God. There's a verse that says, in all his thoughts there is no room for God. How much in your thoughts is there room for God as you go about your week? As your mind, as your thoughts consumed... A.W. Tozer said this in Knowledge of the Holy, a really good book. Uh, if you're interested in this topic, J.I. Packer, uh, Knowing God, and A.W. Tozer, Knowledge of the Holy, are just a few. Um, but uh, I'm listening to this on, on Audible uh, right now, Knowledge of the Holy. It says, But he says this, What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. When you think about God, what comes into your mind? That is of primary importance in your life. Why? Because how what we are our view, our thoughts of God relates very quickly to our thoughts of how he relates to us. In, translates into thoughts of ourselves. And thoughts of ourselves relate very quickly into how we relate to the world, our work, our families, our neighbors, etc., etc. Does that make sense? So A.W. Tozer, who's thought about this a lot longer than, than, than myself, he's like, the most important thing in your life is what, what thoughts you have of God. Amen? Not just the quantity, but the quality. Are your thoughts of God what God has revealed Himself through the creation and through His scriptures and through His Spirit? Or are your thoughts of God based on what the world says about God? And we don't have time to get into 
all this, but boy, there's Grandpa God, there's Santa Claus God, there's ATM God, there's, there's a, a just permissive God, whatever you think, whatever you think, I'll just, just let me know when you need me type of God. There's, there's a, a I'm, I'm, I need God's help right now because I'm getting an F in this class. God, help me. And I'll, you know, there's the bargainer God, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Um, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Deal? Deal. Amen. Glad we could have this incredibly intimate relationship. Okay, that's how I used to be. So, Knowing God results in increasing thoughts of God. Secondly, it results in an increasing energy for God. Daniel 11, verse 32 says, But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Good stuff right there. Energy. How much energy do you have for God and the things of God? Uh, I'm too tired to have a quiet time. Or I'm too, you know, well, if your furnace is broke, you're too tired to fix it? No, so your energy comes from what is important to you, okay? People who know their God in an ever-deepening way, their energy will be ever-increasing. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get tired and you need rest. Of course you do, okay? But energy, is your energy for God increasing or decreasing? That's one of the ways you can know you're growing closer or further from God, okay? Your contentment, number three, increasing contentment and satisfaction in God, Remember, God plus blank equals content and satisfied. Whatever's in that blank, that's your idle temptations. That's what you're tempted with idolatry. God plus a good sermon equals contentment and satisfaction. Wait a second. Maybe my religious performance has actually become a God instead of God being God or whatever it is. In your life, I'm just kind of revealing some of my own struggles. Um, uh, Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I need this, I want this, give me this, give me this. Sometimes as a dad, right, I feel like I don't have Joel, daddy here, I have ATM. <laughs> ATM, punch him in the numbers, get some money. You know, it's all right, that's, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, as long as we keep growing. Someday. Because then, you know what happens? The first 18 years, this is what my dad said. First 18 years life, I take care of you. Last 18 years life, guess what? You're taking care of me. So it all comes back. My kids, do, 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 do. hey, more money, please. It's prophecy. Okay. Deepening satisfaction in God alone. Galatians 4, 8, verse nine, 4, verse 8 and 9 also says then, likewise, a lessening desire for the things of the world and the flesh. So if you struggle with lust, it's like, don't lust, don't lust, don't lust. There's, a, there's proper boundaries to set around lust and those things. But if it's just all boundaries and not a decreasing desire inside, it's only going to be a matter of time. Those boundaries are broken. What we need to do is go deeper and say less and less desire for the things of the world. Less and less want. When the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. The wanting is less and less. Amen? Um, Galatians 4, verse 8 and 9. An increasing in, of loving devotion to God's people. When you know God, when uh, uh, this is deepening, our knowledge, our intimacy, our oneness with God, we have a deepening and increasing love for God's people. 
Um, 1 John 4, verse 7 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Anyone, listen now, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Your affection, your commitment, your devotion to your brothers and sisters in this room, is that deepening, is it increasing, or is it lessening? If it's lessening, you don't know God. You don't. It's going the wrong direction. Ever deepening devotion, commitment. Is it, amen? That's what the scripture says. That's why that's one of our goals. Okay. And lastly, boldness with the Spirit of God. Boldness. So increasing closeness to God and increasing boldness because of God's Spirit. It's like, boy, I've never heard that idea before. Okay, we just spent a year in the book of Acts talking about boldness, okay? So rewind, go back to some of those lessons, okay? Amen? All right. Um, lastly, how to, inc- how, okay? I got the what? Becoming one with God. I got the why, because it's the most important thing, to Jesus, to eternal life, life eternal. I want to be like Moses and not Pharaoh, and uh, in God's church, right? The will of God and knowing God. Okay, that's the why. How? How? Okay, we're going to get, let's go back to our first verse, Jeremiah 9. Let's read it again, and then we'll get some, have some practicals, and the lesson will be yours. But let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things. Okay? Uh, four things. Remember, knowing God is a combination of us seeking him, but primarily God revealing himself to us. Now that's important. Yes, you have a part in it. And then it's an important part. It's a part that you can handle. But God, this is a relationship. A relationship takes two to tango, right? God has to reveal himself to us. And this is what Grayson talked about last week. We're kind of like an ant trying to understand a human. So we seek the human. We, we crawl up on its leg, you know. I mean, but the human is so far superior that he has to reveal himself. And this is what God does. It's like, well, God just doesn't want to reveal himself. No, he does want to reveal himself. God wants all men saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, right? Um, so he's going to do his part. So that's why we're emphasizing more our part. But please understand, this is by grace, through faith in who God is. Amen? Okay, first of all, delight. And I'm going to give a few examples. Um, delight. Here in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go ahead with the, the next one, okay? Um, you got to bring some delight. You got to bring some energy into this equation, okay? You got to bring some desire. You got to bring some. So if I'm going to, back to Tyler, okay? If, if I'm going to come to know Tyler, is that going to work if I'm just like, hey, what's up? So, how are you? And I'll talk to you three years from now. Right? Is that going to work? No, i got to be like, hey, can we get some time? Uh, uh, Tyler, hey, hey, hi. And <laughs> let's talk. And, and let's grab some lunch. 
and I'm going to open myself to you, and you're going to open yourself up to me, right? I'm going to seek him. I'm going to bring something to the table, energy. Y'all, like, woke up there when the preacher got off the, <laughs> off the stage. So I'm trying to get rid of these walls so I can, you know, jump down and, okay? Um, you know, I told you about my, one of the things I try to do with my children is I try to carve out special time with each of them. And um, to, to do just because, you know, when it's the five of us, it's like a team. And that's a good thing. But I can get like a coach. You know, get going. Stop doing that. Come on. You know, ready, break. You know, and it's, it's like five, team of five management. But then when it's one on one, it's different, right? So I like to, I try to carve out one on one time. So Jackson and I, hey, Jackson, let's, let's go skiing. Let's do a trip. And I'll pay for it. And it's my idea. And, you know, let's do this. I want to be close to you, okay? Um, it'll be an adventure. It'll be fun. We'll have some great talks. It'll be us, just you and me. No Jordan, okay? No Carter. No mom, okay? Just you and me. It'll be fun. It'll be special. Let's do it. And if Jackson responds to that with, okay, I mean, if I, I mean, I have to obey you. It's my father, right? So if I have to, uh, how long is this going to go? I'm kind of tired. Got a lot to do. I got schoolwork. Come on, I'll take you out of school. I got schoolwork, Dad. Um, I, okay, I, I'll, I'll feel guilty if I don't say yes, so, okay. Yet that is so often how we relate to God. Really, really. The God of the universe wants to spend time with you, given his son, given his word, given his spirit, and you respond, and I respond with, eh. shame on us. Come on. We can do better. I can do better. Are you with me? Okay. Delight in God. Delight. How close do you want to be with someone who's just, you're just their duty? Okay. You're not going to re reveal the deepest parts of your soul to the person who's just committed to you? How about uh, understanding? Understanding. So when we delight in God, we come to Him, we carve out things, we do special things as He's done special things. With us, there starts to be more oneness. Uh, understanding. You know, I'm so proud of, uh, I asked all these people if I could use them in the sermon, by the way. Growing. Um, but uh, Tom Grazley, Caleb's um, homeless count this past week. And Tom lives an hour from here, okay? But he sacrificed, and it's from 1045 to 1. 1045 to 1, commitment. Um, so Tom comes down here. And he gets it, and he wrote this on Facebook. But I was so moved at how he sought to find, and then he understand, and he had entered into conversation. He got to know them. And what's happening? What's happening? His heart is going out, and there's starting to be a connection, right? There's more of a, and so Tom is moved to be more compassionate in, in uh, his heart, heart, heart to heart, and. and uh, desiring to help to do what we can do to help the homeless. And I'm proud of our church that we 
are, are for diff- figuring out different things that we can help the poor and the needy around us. But understanding, do we really understand? What's our, let's examine our thoughts of God. We have so far to go to understand the character of God. We've only scratched. It's not even the surface. God is so deep and so rich and so wide and so, so high above us. So, so the depths of the depths. Do you, are we, but are we still seeking to understand God? Or have we settled into what we already know? Let's seek to understand. Exercise, okay? Experiencing God. Becoming one with God is an experience. It takes an exercise of the mind, of the emotions, and we become one. You know, uh, um, we pray, we meditate, we get filled up, and we work. So it's an exercise of the strength of your body. So your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength all works together. So when you do things of God for God... uh, uh, you become closer to God. Does that make sense? You know, so we, you know, Christy and I, we like to float to the different Bible talk groups on Wednesday night. And uh, um, we floated to the Mesakowski Bible talk. And I said to Jeff, hey, you mind if we come and, and hop in on your, your Bible talk this week? And he's like, you're always welcome. Because I don't know what, you know, if they said, actually, no, you're not welcome. Okay. I, I mean, I'll, well, let's talk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, uh, anyways, but um, you know, I happened to, to Christy, his wife, was Jeff led the time and prayed and did an awesome job. But Christy was actually doing the lesson. They had this amazing, cool lesson, uh, prepared video series that they got going on. But I know that I know what it feels like to have the minister come sit in on your Bible talk. Like I've been there. Okay, I know what that's like. And sweet Christy, right, she battles with anxiety. She's been open about this with all of us, but she's came over the years at different times for advice, and she's grown so much in just managing her anxiety. So think what you would feel, right, when you find out an hour or two before that the minister and his wife are going to come sit in on your lesson. Well, I, I, I know what I would feel, right? And poor Christy would be like, that jerk, you know, what is it? I say, I gotta come. You know, but she sat there and she delivered. I was just so inspired at her commitment to push past and to exercise the will of God. And as she did that, what did she do? She grew in understanding God's faithfulness. That's God's message, that it's not about her, right? That, that uh, uh, all the different things, the worst case scenario fears didn't happen. And, uh, um, it was, it was so cool. Does that make sense? So delighting, understanding, exercising. This is how we know. And then boasting. Paul told Timothy, do not be ashamed of me, of my chains, or of the gospel. Boasting. Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you on judgment day. Okay, that's what he said. So if we are not boasting in who God is to the world, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our enemies, to our coworkers, and I'm not talking about being freaky weird, you know, but I'm just talking about you know if you're holding back or if you know if you're letting it, letting it out unashamedly. Amen? Um, boasting. Um, okay, so let's wrap up. We'll, we'll take communion, okay? This is how to increase in our knowledge of God. Delighting in God, bringing energy, 
Understanding God, exercising in obeying God and boasting in God. Sharing as we share with others, that's when we so often learn about who God is. So if you're visiting with us today, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Do you want to know God? Do you know God? If you want to know God and you don't know where to start, we have a Bible study series that is designed just for that. Wherever you're at in your faith, maybe you don't believe in God at all, maybe you've gone to church your whole life, wherever you're at, it's designed to meet you where you're at and help you take the next step toward knowing God. Amen? So if you want to do that, if you're interested in that, grab, the, grab someone who looks kind of like they know what's going on around here, okay? Um, and say, hey, I want to study the Bible, what that dude said at the end. That's what I'd like to do. Now, it's bold, and it's scary, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be vulnerable, and it's going to feel weird, but God is worth it. Amen? Do it. Take a step. If you are studying the Bible, maybe it's time that you do what the Bible says. <laughs> Just kind of a little sarcasm. Okay. Uh, repent and be baptized. Don't be like Pharaoh. You're gonna, you got a choice. Either you're going to harden your heart to the message because you don't know God and you're not going to obey His voice, or you're going to be like Moses and you're going to seek His face and you're going to want to know Him and you're going to trust everything to Him. Entrust everything. Give it over. Surrender. Repent. Be baptized. Okay? Um, you will not regret it. Don't be like Pharaoh and let yourself be led to death and destruction. If you're a disciple... Which of the delight, understand, exercise, and boasting are you most lacking right now? Which are you most lacking? Choose something and say, doggone it, it's time for me to, to get some more energy up in this mug. It's time for me to do some work around here instead of just taking, either you add energy or you subtract energy. It's one or the other. Time to do some adding, amen? Decide. Uh, I want to know God. God will reveal himself to you. And lastly, as we remember Jesus, it is only, only because of his life and death and burial and resurrection that we can even approach the throne of the Father. It is in him and only in him in which we can know God and be fully known and receive life eternal. Amen? So we remember and celebrate Jesus.